Hello, 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 everyone. Hope you guys are doing very, very well. Happy Tuesday. Um, happy evening. Actually, I don't know how I'm going to figure this out quite yet. So this week, well, obviously, this is pre-recorded. So I recorded this a few days um, before Tuesday, obviously. But the day that I'm posting this is uh, I- I'm going to be in Hawaii during the time. So hopefully it's posted at the right time. I'm just crossing fingers because, you know, you know, I mess up here and there when it comes to the timing. Like my first episode, I remember I released it like two days before <laughs> on accident. Um, anyways, getting off track. Uh, welcome you guys. I hope you guys have had a great week, uh, a blessed new year, staying disciplined and happy and just passionate and pursuing the Lord. This is Saved Not Soft and I'm your host Emmy Moore and this is a podcast where we talk about all things Jesus, navigating your walk with Christ and what it's like to be a Christian, walking with the Lord. What does that look like? It's called Saved Not Soft for a reason. This is not a soft journey. This isn't going to uh, just change everything in a millisecond. It takes work. It takes discipline. It takes wisdom and understanding. And um, the Lord is using me to help you guys to speak into you guys um, by showing you what he has shown me and uh, how he walks, how he moves, and how we should be doing the same. And uh, the Lord wanted me to give you guys uh, a lot of encouragement this week. He said, Emmy, I want you to encourage my children um, and, and let them know and give them reassurance that they can trust me. And I feel like especially people who are just coming to Christ don't know how to trust him. This is something we see repetitive on and on and on, um, through people throughout the church, people who come and go. It's because they have a trust issue with God. And God is saying to you guys, I want you to trust me because I am the truth, the life, the door, the lamb, and I'm the way. And I'm so excited to share with you what he has spoke over me. And um, also like I'm, I'm doing a separate Bible study and what I'm learning and that fits so perfect into this. And I was like, God is so intentional through what he teaches me. And he's like, yep, this, like I showed you this for a reason. So you could pour it out in, in this direction. And he's just so intentional. So I'm very excited to show um, show you guys what God continues to show me and call over my life. Um, but yeah, let's just open this uh, this conversation in prayer and then we will get straight into it. So if you guys can bow your heads with me, Lord, we just thank you for your presence, God. We invite you into our space today, God. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you just sit with us and you um, just teach us and we get to learn more of who you are, God. Uh, Lord, I pray that you give us wisdom, you give us insight and that you give us the confidence and the encouragement that we need, God. We believe in you, we trust you, and we can't wait to learn more and more about you every single day, Lord. We love you and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, also, hold on, Lord, give me the confidence to speak, let your will be done. (laughs) Lord, uh, let the people on the other side of this screen um, hear what you have to say. Jesus, just use me. Um, I I know how powerful this message is, so I just trust that you're going to communicate through me. And uh, this is your platform, God, not mine. So yes, amen. Okay, sorry. Had to say that for myself. Now you finish a prayer and then you're like, oh no, I forgot about all this. Me, my, I got um, 
almost said ACDC. I have like OCD. No, what is it? ADHD prayer was just like everywhere. Not ACDC. Girl, something wrong with me. But uh, yeah. So when it comes to this trust thing, when I first started my relationship with Christ, trust was a very, very, very hard thing for me to overcome. Um, because it, it's a pillar, right? It, it's not like one of those things that's like, okay, I could just get over it like that or have it take like a year. Like this has been like a decade in the works of trusting God and understanding the way he operates. And the the reason as to why it took so long is uh, something that I've recognized in myself that I've recognized in the majority of other people who have hard times trusting God. And I'm not going to say this is the only reason. I'm just saying this is kind of like the common uh, denominator of everything. And what I've recognized is, and what the Lord revealed to me, is that a lot of people cannot trust God because we have been victims of mistrust. What do I mean by that? The majority of people, I mean, I, I would assume everybody has been hurt, discouraged, betrayed, abandoned. And those emotional scars that we take from other people affect our relationship with God. And in my instance, this hurt me in a father aspect. So I've shared with you guys um, in my testimony how um, I was emotionally uh, and psychologically manipulated um, by my birth dad, not sitting here like saying that to bash him or anything. That's just how things were. Um, Hit heads a lot and I had a lot of anxiety and depression and got really suicidal over some things. And uh, it, it's, it's a part of my testimony, but because I had a spiritually, verbally, emotionally weak father, I didn't know how to trust men. And I don't know how to trust a father. I didn't know how to trust a father. So if I can't trust my own dad, how am I supposed to trust the real father? Do you, do you catch what I'm throwing? I had such a rocky relationship with my earthly father. It's like, okay, how am I even supposed to know what it looks like to be a father? So th- that's just like an example of what mistrust looks like and how it alters the way we see God. And for the longest time, I've always seen God as a king and not as a father because I've always seen God as this authoritative figure that's on the the top of this throne and the animals around him just like looking at me and uh I don't want to say like judging me but having this powerful authority over me and I understood the power but I never understood the principles of God so whenever I allowed God to love me as a father I was able to see him in a different light and um maybe your issue isn't you don't see God as a father, maybe it's hard for you to see God as a king. Let's take an example. Um, Say growing up, if you've had, or even just now, I know a lot of you guys who are watching are in college or in high school, your teacher or your professor or people who have been in authority, who have belittled you, who have verbally abused you, who have discouraged you. 
I know a lot of people who got school trauma, <laughs> who have a lot of teachers who literally uh, emotionally and mentally, mentally discipline them, punish them, I would say. I want to say that's discipline. I would say uh, punish them. And it has altered their confidence. So it's hard because the authority that has hurt you in your life, it's hard to see God as a king. It's hard to see God as an authoritative figure. Why do you think people who have a hard time taking authority just do whatever the heck they want? It's because they don't trust authority. Does this make sense? I'm going to take it one more way and then uh, we'll, we'll kind of chop this out on how we could just squash this, right? Say if you have a hard time um, seeing God as a friend. Because th- those are kind of like the three things I-, I look at God as the majority of the time. How I present him is my father, my friend, and my king. Those are like the top three. Sometimes my spouse, y'all might be sitting here like, what, what do you mean you're a spouse? We'll go into that a different day. But the most common three is uh, my king, my father, my friend. And a lot of people see um, God share as a father, share as a king, but it's hard for them to see God as a friend because of how many times they've been betrayed and abandoned by their friends. How many of you guys have been stabbed in the back by your friends? How many of you guys only got two friends? And it's hard for you to make new friends. And it's hard to let God into your life as a friend. So I I just pray that you guys can identify like, you know what, God, what, what is the area of my life to where people have hurt me and I've lost trust in them? Um, And how have I associated that with you, right? Because if we experience things here, we just think it's going to happen up there too. But I think we forget the grace of God, uh, the power of God and God's principles and who he is, that he is good, that he is a loving father and that he does not betray us or abandon us, that he simply wants a relationship with us. And he, I, I would like to say that scripture is just an ongoing story of God seeking us and pursuing us. And I think we get that altered and think like, well, God gonna send me to hell or whatever. Like, because I, yum, 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 yum. When in all actuality, it's like, God is searching for you your whole, whole life. And he wants you to come to him. And um, today's goal is to orchestrate um, how God operates and how to not let the scars of other people affect uh, the way we could trust God. And I believe that the enemy, I'm not going to give him too much credit, but I do believe that the enemy uh, likes to present things that are the opposite of God. So whenever these things are presented to you and just like mistrust, mistrust, and you get the lie in your ear, that's like, well, this is how God is because everybody made a God's image. Man is fallen. <laughs> so uh, we, we cannot expect God to be like man. We just can't expect that because God is perfect and we are fallen. We are sinful. And that's the whole reason why Jesus came and saved us so he could restore the parts of us that are broken because we are fallen. Um, so yeah, just, just pray about that. Like how I said, ask God, where have I been mistrusted in my life who has mistrusted me how has this affected how i've seen you as a as a friend as a father as a king god and um even ask god for me like i said it was the father thing like god i ask if you could be a father to me 
And when I asked that, I noticed he started providing. Like, like God was giving me lunch money. <laughs> God was giving me gas money. God was, was sitting with me while I was crying, bawling my eyes out, just caressing me. You know, so so ask God to play that role for you. Let him through that door um, and let him show you how to trust that part. And I think uh, we should sympathize with the fact that, yes, we are victims of trauma, that people have hurt us. That is all validated. It is completely understandable. But the actions of others does not determine how God is. And we need to stop associating people with God. Just because someone in the church hurt your feelings doesn't mean that was God. That was a person. That was not God. If it, do, if it don't align with scripture, it's not God. <laughs> so if people are condemning you, being rude to you, uh, being, did I say being rude? So if people are condemning you, being rude to you, just completely gaslighting you and belittling you, I promise you that's not God. So uh, look at the actions of others and just know who God is in the situation and say, you know what? This doesn't align with who God is, so I can't even trust that this is a vessel of him. Two things we need to know about this whole talk we're going to have today. And quite honestly, I feel like we're going to go over time on this episode because we got a lot to talk about and we got a lot of scripture to read. Um, I, I feel like other all my podcasts, I, I incorporate scripture as much as I can. But this is a whole story. We're, we're kind of going to go like the whole. Uh, OK, I don't I don't need to tell y'all what we're doing. Go find out. But two things we need to know going into this, that one, you cannot simply trust man alone because why man is broken. Like simply, this is just like, this is the cut of it. Man is broken. You can't trust man. That's why we must become less so he can become greater. What is that? John three thirty. We must become less. We are already less. But because of his glory, because of his mercy, because of his power, because of his love, he gets to shine through our transgressions. It says in Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, uh, this is the NIV version. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raises up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in coming ages he might show the uncomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to show us in Christ Jesus. So that's the first thing we need to know is through our transgressions he saved us because of his grace. He deserves all the glory, right? We we're his children. And the second thing we need to know is how God operates because we will receive a revelation from God and lack patience and trust in it. And I, I, I would like to say the reason why we lack trust and why we lack patience is because we do not know how God operates. And the whole reason as to why people have trust issues with God, it's because necessarily you don't want to it's because you don't know how to 
this is something unlearned. This is a this is a new skill some of us need to learn is how to trust God. Because I promise you, once you guys are able to trust God again, you'll be able to trust people again. So not only is this going to save your relationship with God, but this is going to save your relationship with other people. So I, I, oh, I'm telling y'all, I'm so excited for this podcast because this is going to be a lot of encouragement and you're going to step way closer to God through this because he's going to tell you that you can trust me. He's already telling you that you can trust me through this. And uh, we're going to read the story of Abram, Abraham. And we got a lot to go through because I, I like that this happens in Genesis, which is the first chapter of the Bible, because this is something that happens in the beginning of time and something that progressively happens throughout the rest of the Bible. So um, I, I just love the story of Abraham and uh, how things played out. And I can't wait to tell you guys what God showed me. So I, I didn't want to read all of it because I didn't want to bore y'all to sleep. I didn't want you guys to like like here just straight straight straight, huh the stutter emmy i didn't want you guys to hear straight scripture and just have y'all just like like just dozing off that's the last thing i'm gonna do so i'm gonna read scripture paraphrase scripture paraphrase knock knock it all out and if you want to read the whole thing i'm pretty much reading from genesis 12 to Genesis 21. So if you want to read those, uh, what's that, 19? 19 chapters, you can, but I'm just going to paraphrase. So uh, let's talk about Genesis 12, the first time uh, Abraham is truly mentioned. What happens in that chapter? God gives Abraham, or I believe he's Abram during the time, his first promise. And uh, God is very true with his covenants. And if you don't know what a covenant is, because that's a word that's going to be used um, throughout scripture, it's a fancy word for promise. So covenant means fancy word for promise. I don't know why I thought a covenant was a was a cult. <laughs> when I first heard that word and I didn't know any biblical literature, I thought covenant meant a cult. So it's not a cult. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe none of you thought that. Maybe that was just a meat issue. But a covenant covenant means uh, means a promise. So um, the first promise to Abram from God is in Genesis 12. And the next promise that is given is in Genesis 15. And I'm reading again in the NIV version, uh, verses 2 through 8. And God says to Abraham, Look up at the sky and count the stars. If you indeed can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. So the promise to Abram has been, you will be the father of nations. You will have a massive offspring and it will be blessed. So God already told Abram this in Genesis chapter 12. And then again, tells him in Genesis chapter 15 and immediately Abraham believed the Lord when the Lord called over Abraham and said, Abram, sorry, I guess I'll mixed up. It's like the name and then the name changes, whatever. So God gives this promise over Abram. You will be the father of nations. Your offspring will be massive. And God comes in, booming in this big old promise. And guess what happens after? Nothing. Nothing happens after the promise. 
doesn't mean that God's not going to work it out. This is just the, the testament to our faith and having trust and patience in the Lord. God said what he needed to say. And what happens after Abraham gets this promise? He wasn't the father of nations like that. He didn't have a massive he didn't have a massive offspring like that. The promise was great. The promise was given and Abraham simply received it. Abraham. So, I think a lot of people get really discouraged when God has a calling over someone's life and people will lose faith and lose patience because they're like, "God, you told me this and nothing's in motion." I don't get what's going on, God. I promise you, God will work it out. And this is a story of God working it out. Because one thing about God is one, he does not lie. And two, he does not break a promise. So we see in the um, first three chapters, God gives, gives the same promise to Abraham, Abram twice. Nothing happens right after the promise. This is years. This is decades of a promise. This is this is how much trust Abram had to trust uh, trust in the Lord. So this is where we need to be patient, right? So God gives you this promise, you believe Him, okay? It kind of got too long, and you're like, okay, God, why is nothing happening? You haven't come back and told me nothing recently. And in Genesis uh, 16, we come across this story. And this is a a prime example of what we do the majority of the time when it comes to God giving us promise, giving us a revelation. We're not seeing it through because we don't have his eyes. We don't have his perspective and we're not seeing it through on, on our end because we're just leaning on our own understanding. And instead of being patient and waiting on the Lord, what do we do? We do what we want to do. We put our hand on a situation that could only be controlled by God's hand. And what is this story? This story is about um, a woman named Hagar, and she was the uh, the servant of Abram and his wife Sarai. And the the reason as to why Sarai and Abram couldn't have children was because they they just couldn't have kids. I, did I say that earlier? I don't think I did. I'm sorry. That's a crucial part of the story. I'm terrible at this. Abram and Sarah could not have children. That's why this is like a such big promise because it's like, God, like we're trying. Nothing's happening. You're telling me my wife's going to bear a son. I'm not seeing nothing. And uh, Sarah was fed up because any woman out there that like, I, I know me, if I was in a situation and I, I couldn't get pregnant and I couldn't have a son. You know how infuriating that is? So Sarah was, she was mad because she's like, okay, Ab- I, I could just see her going to Abraham being like, Abraham, God gave you this promise that I'm going to bear a son. And here I am 80 years old and I still ain't got no son. Like just tripping, right? Because she's like, God gave you this big old promise. It's been a big old long time and I still don't have a little baby so like what's going on right and the the what ended up happening is Sarai then tells Abram 
you need to go sleep with our servant. Uh, so she could bear your child and that child will be ours. Like that will be my son then. What's crazy is whenever we uh, lack patience in something, we'll end up compromising for something that we didn't even want. Do you think Sarai really wanted Abram to sleep with another woman, bear a child, and have Sarai be the mom to, quote unquote, her child that's not even hers? You think Sarai really wanted that? Why would God fall short on your promise? So this is a, a straight out example of a, a, a God, a God controlled situation that was then corrupted by man simply because why we were impatient or they were impatient. I'm not going to say we, they were impatient. So, so Abram agrees, which is like, boy, you were, you were the one that believed God and now you're going to go. Oh my gosh. When I heard, when I read through the Bible the first time, I was like, Abram, you could have like, uh, you could have just like, still believe God in the in the process and like you're just gonna let your wife whatever so Abram falls through with it and he um obviously bears child with Hagar and the Lord comes to Hagar is like you will name your son Ishmael and she's like okay bet Ishmael is born his name's obviously Ishmael and um it didn't go the way that they intended it to at all (laughs) Why? Because it wasn't a God-controlled situation. This wasn't ordained by God. Not saying that God hates Ishmael. It just wasn't a part of God's plan. That's not the lineage that God was going to bless because he was going to give Sarah a child. But she got impatient and just did something. Else. How, how many of us do that? God, you gave me the promise that I'm going go to go to this school it's been two years and I'm still in my community college, so I'm just going to drop out. What if you stayed an extra two days and a miracle happened? Uh-oh. How many things have happened in your life to where God has called you to be there, but because you have been impatient and because you do not trust him, you hopped out of a blessing. You left early to the party. It's like know how you know how you show up to a party. Uh, I, I'm hoping you guys have been to a party before. I've been to a party, and if you're the first one at the party, it's not really fun. <laughs> like it, it's just kind of like you just sitting around, just kind of like mm, pumping up, pumping up. What's the first? What I don't even know what that song is, but you're just kind of chilling not really doing anything it's awkward and if you know anything about parties it's not good until like three to four hours in especially when I was worldly in high school oh if they said a party started at nine you better not show up till 1 (laughs) a.m this is when I was worldly I don't do this no more but it's like whenever you first get to the party it's kind of like uh imagine leaving early And you don't even get to see the fun part. You get what I'm saying? So you're leaving early to the blessing. And uh, Abram and Sarai left early to their blessing. 
they were like, okay, God, we don't see it through. They, they lost trust and faith in God in that moment. So, uh, Hagar bears this child and, um, obviously it didn't turn out good because it wasn't ordained by God. But what I, what I love though, is that Ishmael was not a mistake. This wasn't like Ishmael is destined for hell. That's, that's not how the story goes whatsoever. It's just, um, like how I said, it wasn't in the lens of God. It's not how he was going to bless Abram's, um, lineage. And that's not how God was going to bless his offspring. But what I love about it is even though this is a situation that it was controlled by a man, this is what God says to, um, to Abram in, in Genesis 17, 19 through 20, again, an IV version. And it says, then God said, yes, but your wife, Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. So this is a promise right here. So God's coming again, reinstating a promise with Abraham. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So that's God saying, I'm going to bless you and your lineage, all of it. Your offspring will be abundantly blessed. Okay. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and I will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers and I will make him into a great nation. You realize God didn't. Like this is, this is a situation. This is how good God is. God does not break his promises because that was something that God did not intend to happen, but man took control of did. And God still blessed because that is Abraham's lineage. I mean, it is his son and God still blessed it. Why? Because Abraham stood with God. Oh, God's so good. I'm about to make y'all shake right now. When you stand in the presence of the Lord, you are blessed. So I, I know a lot of people, um, my age friends, who, who got kids and baby mama drama and baby daddy drama, all this stuff. But when you stand with Christ, I, I know a lot of people my age who got kids, my friends, who are worried for their children because... Oh my gosh, my baby daddy's so crazy. <laughs> my baby mama, she just goes out partying and gets drunk every weekend just on every single guy. When you walk with Christ, oh, Lord, when you walk with Christ, you will be blessed. When you, when you are holding hands with Christ, what he puts his hand over will be blessed. And this is a, like Hagar was abraham's baby mama and ishmael was blessed because of abraham's faith what a revelation and i don't know who need to hear this but your lineage will be blessed if you stand firm in the foundation of god i think people just want the miracle but they don't want the principles when you stand with god you're going to get what's yours. You're going to get your blessings. We need to stand strong, stand firm, remain, trust in him, and have faith in him consistently. Be patient. So even though man did mess up, 
God still didn't break his covenant and bless Abraham. How beautiful, right? So let's continue after that. So let, let's go to the, to the real promise, right? And watching it be uh, un- unfolded. And Sarah, Sarah, is she Sarah during this time? Yes, yeah, she's Sarah during this time. And Sarah is kind of like skeptical still because she's like, it's been, I am old. I cannot even have kids. Like, I'm wrinkly and got white hair. Like, I cannot, my eggs gone. Like, I cannot have no kids. And she was just laughing at the promise. And um, God makes me laugh. I think God is so funny. I think there's some things he said in scripture that just make me giggle. And this is one of them. Oh, and I and I had to include it. It's Genesis uh, 18, 10 through 15. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Oh my gosh. That's I love when God just reinstates who he is. Is anything too hard? Oh, y'all better kick up your faith. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I don't know what situation you got going on right now. Is it too hard for the Lord? The one who split the Red Sea. The one who heals the blind and the sick. The one who sent his one and only son in a form of a man. Had him die for our sins so we can have everlasting life with him? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Whatever situation you got going on at home right now, mentally, with your friends, relationships, I want you to ask yourself in that situation, is this too hard for the Lord? Imagine if you were just trust God in this situation and allow him to put his hand over everything. Because it's a control issue, right? We want to we wanna put our hand over everything. This is, this is a story of, of control versus trust. The Hagar-Ishmael uh, story being uh, an exemplification of what control is. But God ex- exemplifying his trust. Anyways, this is where God makes me laugh. He says, I will return to you the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. (laughs) She tried lying to God. I didn't laugh. He's like, girl, you know, I see you. (laughs) In Genesis 21, Isaac's born. So we we went from all the way to um, Genesis 12. Abraham receiving this promise that he's going to bear a son, that he is going to be the father of all nations, right? Sorry, my nose is just itching so bad right now. I keep itching. I'm like, you okay? But we see the um, the beginning of that story. The promise is given. What happens after that? Nothing for a very, very long time. So there has to be patience and trust in the mix of it. Sarai gets impatient controls a a situation that was only God controlled. God still chooses to bless what man did just because of his righteousness and because he is good. And God still fulfills the, pr- the promise at the end of the day. Sarah bore a child and they named him Isaac. So this is how we know God operates. 
And, and, and why the story is so important is because we need to know this. And this is one of the, the first stories that happens in the Bible because you need to understand how God operates because once you understand how, you mo- how he moves, you'll understand how to trust him. Because you can't trust a stranger. If you want to trust someone, you have to know them. So we're knowing how God operates. God gives you a promise. You need to be patient and have faith in it and have trust in him. God will work it out. I'm going to say it again. God will work it out. He will. If it is a promise for God, from God, it will not be broken. God will work it out. Because why? God is good. He is righteous. He is just. There's a, there's another story I want to, I want to go over. And where I gotta read the whole thing. This is what I meant by we're gonna read a lot of scripture today because I'm gonna read you guys this whole chapter because I like can't not. I, w- I was trying to just like pull certain parts because I was like, this this is a lot to read. God, this is a lot. <laughs> and he was like, you're gonna have to read it though. And I'm like, oh gosh, that's crazy. So we're gonna read all of Genesis chapter 22, start to finish. And if you don't know this story, buckle up. I actually talked about this on my podcast before. What story did I, did I, what episode did I bring this up in? I don't know. I I definitely brought it up though, but we're going to talk about it again because the story just flat out crazy. (laughs) And, uh, this is the story where God wanted Abraham to sacrifice his son. Y'all hearing this for the first time, you go, what? <laughs> Let's read together and uh, and just chop it out. Okay, starting in Genesis 22, again, reading from the NIV version. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut through the wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. They will, they, when they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, saying, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, 
because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the, the Lord will provide. And to this day it said, On the mountain the Lord will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand in the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities and their enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. That's Genesis 22, 1-18. We could get a number of things through this passage alone. Just that chapter is so freaking powerful. Thank you, God, for this story. And I I think there's a lot of confusion because a lot of you guys might be like, Abraham was like, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And Emmy, you're sitting here saying, praise God. Yes, praise God <laughs> in this situation, because you got to change your perspective on how this story played out. So, the if if you go on uh the the Bible app and you read this, there's usually subtitles to what the chapter is about, and it says God or Abraham is tested. But I I I would like to say, and I said this in my last the one of the episodes where I talked about the story, is that I don't believe Abraham was being tested. I believe this was a platform for Abraham to show his faith in God and for God to show his righteousness. Because off the bat, okay, let's be for real. If any of you guys were told to sacrifice your son, how many of you are going to go through with that? Like God told you right now, he come through (laughs) saying, hey, tomorrow morning, I need you to go up and perform a burnt offering on your son. And I don't know if you guys know the uh, the vicious, <laughs> like how how crazy and vicious a burnt offering was. It, it's not just like in the near death. Like it, it it is a whole ritual that is very uh, gory. Um, I don't want to explain it. If you guys want to know what it is, it's a Google search away. Uh, just don't watch a video on it. Just read about it. Biblical um, burnt offering. Okay. And it, it's, it's a visual, visual, it's a vicious ritual. It's not something you want to perform on your son, you know? And the fact that Abraham was like, okay. And I believe Abraham said that like, okay, God, cause he knows who God is. He knows who God is. Even whenever, uh, he goes up to the mountain with Isaac, he tells his servants, Hey, watch the donkey, watch our stuff. Me and him are going to go worship and me and him are going to come back. So Abraham stated his faith by that. I know my God and I know the promise he has given me. He wouldn't take that away because I know who he is. So yeah, we're going to go worship and do this offering and we're both going to come back down. And Abraham had no idea how it was going to plan out. He had no idea how this thing was going to pan out. He didn't know if God was going to 
gonna actually have Abraham kill his son and then Abra- and then God was gonna resurrect Isaac? Did, like Ab- Abraham didn't know what was gonna happen. He just knew the Lord will provide. He even told Isaac, because Isaac was like, uh, I see the wood and the fire. <laughs> Where's the offering? Like I bet Isaac standing there just like, uh, where where's the offering at? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. Oh, I pray that we all have faith like that. Because why do you think Abraham knows that God is going to provide? Because God already did. Before, what, what did we talk about? All before this story right here is that God gave Abraham a covenant, a promise. Your wife will bear a child. That was impossible. But God still did it. God worked it out. And since Abraham was a witness and received the blessings and the promise of God, what makes you think that God would just stop there? So Abraham said, the Lord will provide. I need you guys to look at some situations in your life and say, the Lord will provide. Like, come on, like, say it. Like, think whatever, like, whatever is going on in your life, just put that at the altar and say, the Lord will provide Like, oh, that's some fire faith to have. Knowing that the Lord will provide. Because I I know God so well that he wouldn't betray me. He wouldn't take a, a take a blessing away from me. Because I have stood firm that I have walked in righteousness. That he wouldn't take away what he has given me. I know God. And the Lord will provide. We're going to go worship and we're both going to come back down. That's the type of faith we need to have with God. That's the type of faith we need to walk with. So, so we notice that in this story, Abraham is going through all the movements. And it's because he had no doubt in his mind that, Lord, that the Lord wasn't going to do what he was going to do. Like he knew God needed to just do what God was going to do. Let God be God. I think a lot of us try to be God. You got a promise. You got a revelation. Something going on in your life. You don't know how to control it. You're not supposed to. Let God be God. If God said he's going to work it out, he's going to work it out. And and it's so simple, but I think it's hard for us to do to, to just take all hands off saying, you know what, God, you promised this to me. I don't, I don't know how to, how to not put my hands on it, but I got to let you just do you. You got to let God be God. It's his promise. Let him fulfill it. You're the one receiving it. And why I feel like we get in the way of that most of the time is because we have a idolatry problem in this. A lot of us will idolize the promise that is given to us rather than God who is providing that promise. Let's go back to Abraham and Sarah, Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, right? She was tripping over the promise the whole time. Well, I still don't have a son. I still don't have a son. She's probably thinking about that 24 seven. And she probably, And because she was thinking about the promise, she forgot who God was. And that's why she went out of her way to pursue something outside of God's hands. Ooh, that was sticky icky. 
because you are idolizing the issue, not the issue, the, the, the promise, and it's not going your way. It's consuming your mind because idolatry is anything you put before God, right? So if they were really pursuing God, you, you think they would forget about that? So remember to pursue God and not overly uh, pursue what he's telling you because the promise doesn't give you satisfaction. God alone does. God just likes to give bonuses. <laughs> oh, gosh. Mm-mm. And I love uh, this testament to Abraham's faith. And, you know, we know that Abraham knew that God was going to provide. Abraham had faith in God because Abraham knew who God was. We we don't know how to trust people. We don't know how to trust God because we don't know God simply. You do not know how to trust God if you do not know God. And I I will hear people complain all day even in my DM saying, well, I want to become a Christian, but I just, like, I just can't trust God. Like, I believe in him, but I don't just, I don't trust him. That sentence completely contradicts one another. You know, that's literally what it means to believe is to fully trust and have complete confidence in something. I believe God, but I, I don't know how to, how to trust him. It's because you don't know him. <laughs> Let's be very practical. I'm a literalist. I think about things very literally. And I think that's one thing God blessed me with. Thank you, God, for having me think literally. Imagine you're at home. I'm guessing the majority of you guys are at home listening to this. So imagine you're at home and someone were to knock on your door right now. They have You have no idea who this person is. Home alone. This person knocks on the door and they say, hey, um, I know you may not know me, but can can I come in and get some water and some food and maybe some clothes? I've I've been out here for a while and uh, I just, I just want to come inside. If that were to happen to you right now, a man were to come to your house and say that, what would you say? I hope we all got the same answer. No stranger danger. <laughs> Don't let no strangers in your house, right? Like, no, I'm sorry, sir. Like, you can't come in. And why can't you trust that person to come in? Because you do not know that stranger. Why do you think it says in Revelation 3.20? Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So that stranger outside that you won't let in is actually Jesus. But you won't trust that person because you don't know who it is. Oh, no. So again, what we talk about in the very beginning, sympathizing that, you know, we have been mistrusted before. We have been victims of mistrust. We've been hurt. We get sympathized with that. But we cannot allow how other people have hurt us to determine who God is. And because we do not know God, how do you expect to trust him? Abraham trusted God, had faith in God, because he knew 
God. And God wants you to fully trust him. This is where you need to pick up your end. Because God's already right here, ready to provide. God's already at the door, ready to hand it out. You're just not open to receiving it. This is where conviction comes in. You don't want to receive it. You have to go go and do your studying. Know who this man is. Like, if your best friend were to knock on your door and say, hey, can I come in? Oh, yeah, for sure. Why? Because you know them. Know God if you want to trust him. How can we do that? Very practically. Like how I say every podcast, read scripture. That is number one. Please read. Please read your Bible. It is so urgent. I just want to like put my hands on y'all and just shake because you need to read your Bible. It is absolutely essential because a lot of you guys want to hear a word like, oh, I just want to hear a word. I just want to hear a revelation from God. And you got a closed book. It's not going to happen. It's like if you're on YouTube, you can see what I'm doing right here. If you're if you're listening on audio, uh, you're just imagine that I'm like mouthing, but nothing's coming out. Okay, so a lot of you guys see you. A lot of you guys are wanting to see God move, but not a word. So you're just seeing God go like this. But you can't decipher what he's saying because there's not a word attached to it. Why do you think they call the word the word? All this mouth movement don't matter if there's not a word attached to it. If there's not a word that comes out. So you could see God moving, but you don't know if it's God if you haven't read your word. God just moving. Okay, what's he doing? You don't know because you're not in your word. So you need to know to know God. You have to be in scripture. There's no other way y'all can do it. Like I've even had people ask me like, okay, how do I know God? How do I build a relationship with him without reading? (laughs) You're that entitled. You can't read 10 pages a day. Well, I just don't feel like it. Like you don't want to be in relationship with, with the king. With the one who has created us? Please stop being lazy. Let's be for real. I- I'm tired of lazy faith. Is there any way I could I could have a relationship with God to where I don't have to read my Bible? You have to read scripture. It's absolutely necessary. And maybe once you start reading scripture, you'll stop crying as to why, oh, I wonder why God's not crying, why God's not uh, speaking to me not trying to be mean to y'all i'm just giving you like like this is how god is like i can't sugarcoat it it's not gonna feel nice like you think i like to read i didn't like to read i still don't got my high school diploma like i don't like to read but because i crave the lord oh you best believe i'll do anything get closer to him how willing are you to be in the presence of the lord so read scripture Another um, thing of advice I would like to say is, you know, a lot of people will read scripture and have no idea what it means, or a lot of people will go through things and just lean on their own understanding, go through the motions. And what I would recommend is in these situations, seek counsel and authority. People who know what they're talking about, leaders, teachers who know the Bible, who can lead you, who can teach you, and who could speak life into you. So that's another thing, understanding who God is, is um, having 
a servant of his serve you? And the last one being to pray and meditate on the word. Praying is uh, just open communication with God. To say, okay, God, here I am before you. To, to pray, to communicate with him, to listen, and to meditate off of what he says. That's one way of listening, is reading the word. Like, that, that, that is a way of you listening is, okay, God, this is, this is your word. This is your book. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. Okay? And I, I pray that you who are, who are watching this, that this, is, have, this has uplifted you and encouraged you to start your journey of trusting in the Lord. And I really believe this is going to spark a lot. Like this, this, I, I feel like some of you guys are just really hyped up. Like, okay, now I'm excited because since I know how God operates, I know that God will work it out, whatever situation is going on in my life. Because um, I dealt with this person passing and I love them so much. Like I know that God will restore my grief and my suffering. Like I know he will work it out because I know who he is. Um, I know that this person just broke up with me, but I know that the Lord will send me someone who is better, who will compliment me, who will, um, uplift me and, um, encourage me and take accountability and things like I know the Lord will provide because I know who he says he is and staying, standing firm in your faith and standing in that promise and having trust and faith in it like I, I really believe this is this is gonna catapult a lot of you into this new season with God and just encouraging you to trust him have faith in him that he will work it out he is the king of the kings he is the lord of lords he is your friend he is your daddy <laughs> and he is your creator and uh, I'm so blessed for every single one of you for listening and encouraging me and joining this ride. And like I said, God is only, uh, I mean, that's one promise he gave me. If we talk about faith and trusting in the Lord, um, God has some really uh, powerful promises over this ministry and even over my life that um, I, I, I can't believe like you guys get to be a witness to that. And it's just all playing out. And uh, yeah, just... I'm praying for every single one of you guys always and uh, pray for me too as I continue this ministry and just that the Lord uh, pours into me and speaks into me and that uh, each podcast episode is strictly from him and not from me that I'm just willing and obedient. Uh, so I I'm praying for all of you guys in the same way, even if it's not a podcast that you guys are hosting, you guys are um a witness to a lot of miracles that God is using you for. So uh, I'm praying for each and every single one of you. I pray that you have a, a blessed rest of the week and the week after that. And I'll see you two Tuesdays from now. Wait, yeah, two Tuesdays from now. And uh, I love you guys. Be blessed, not stressed. And yeah, have a great rest of the week. Bye, guys.